No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we'll see that after so much planning and preparation, the gifted artisans chosen by God make the tabernacle with all its beautiful and costly furnishings and coverings. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Exodus chapter 36 on Simply the Bible. We come now to the description of the articles of the tabernacle as they were being made. Earlier, we studied the details of these things when God gave the pattern to Moses on Mount Sinai. So we won't be rereading the descriptions word for word. The major difference is that before the Lord gave these instructions to Moses while he was on the top of Mount Sinai, but now they are actually making them just as the Lord told Moses. This is one of the few records of complete obedience in the history of Israel. As we go through the tabernacle, keep in mind that these things were copies of the heavenly counterparts. Right now on Sundays, I am teaching through the book of Revelation at our church. In Revelation, we see in heaven the bronze altar, the seven lamps representing the Holy Spirit, the Ark of the Covenant, and the incense altar before the throne of God. So as we look at these pieces of the tabernacle, we are really seeing a model of heaven. So try to keep that in mind as we go through it. The account in chapter 36, verse 8, uh, begins with the making of the tabernacle structure with its gold-covered acacia boards and four tent coverings, which were made out of linen, fine woven linen, with blue, purple, and scarlet thread, goat's hair, ram skins dyed red, and badger skins. These coverings made it beautiful on the inside and waterproof on the outside. Next, they made the fine linen veil with blue, purple, and scarlet thread that had artistic designs of cherubim embroidered in it. This separated the holy place, where the priest would come every day to trim the lamps and offer incense, from the most holy place, where the Lord dwelt above the Ark of the Covenant. The high priest would only pass through the veil once a year on the Day of Atonement. Now, according to the book of Hebrews, the veil in the tabernacle and then later the temple also was a picture of Christ's body or literally his flesh. Hebrews 10, 19 says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. When Christ died on the cross, the veil in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, signifying that now we have free access into the most holy place. Not the earthly tabernacle or temple, but the most holy place in heaven where God sits on the throne of grace. And Jesus is our faithful and merciful high priest 
sitting at the right hand of God. We don't need an earthly priest. We have direct access as his blood-bought children into his throne room. We can have as much boldness in approaching God as your children or grandchildren have when they ask you for a treat. They also made a screen, which was the door into the tabernacle. This was made of the same material as the veil. We know that Jesus is the one door into heaven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. When the tabernacle was completed, it measured 45 feet long, 15 feet wide, and 15 feet high. And within it was the most holy place, which was a 15-foot cube. Next, they made the Ark of the Covenant, which was a box made from acacia wood and overlaid with pure gold. It was three feet, nine inches long, two feet, three inches wide, and two feet, three inches high. The wood pictured Christ's humanity and the gold his divinity. It had gold rings and poles made from acacia wood and overlaid with gold to transport it. The lid on top was called the mercy seat and was made of pure gold. It had two cherubim, one on each end, made from beaten gold. They faced each other with their heads bowed down as if to look upon the contents of the ark. Their wings were spread and touched in the middle. It was between the two cherubim, over the mercy seat, where God would dwell among his people. Inside the ark would be the two stone tablets with the Ten Commandments, the jar of manna, and Aaron's budding rod, which didn't exist yet. Next, they made the table for showbread. As you walked into the tabernacle, this would be on your right-hand side. It was made from acacia wood and overlaid with gold. It was three feet long, one foot six inches wide, two feet three inches high. Each Sabbath, 12 loaves of fresh unleavened bread would be placed on it before the Lord represented the 12 tribes of Israel. Even in the days of King Rehoboam, when the kingdom was divided into north and south, the priest would still place 12 loaves on the table, indicating the spiritual unity of Israel before God. The table of showbread pictures Jesus Christ, who is our bread of life. But it also pictures the spiritual unity of the church. We are individual churches, and yet we are one church, one body in Christ with many members. This table also had rings and poles so that the priest could carry it. Then they made the lampstand of a single piece of pure beaten gold weighing about 75 pounds. This was very ornate with a shaft, branches, bowls, knobs, and flowers. It had seven lamps. How they could beat all this into shape is beyond me. These craftsmen, chosen by God, were truly skilled. As you walked into the tabernacle, the gold lampstand was on your left-hand side. Now, the seven-lamped lampstand represents the seven spirits that are before the throne of God. It is probably best for us to think of this as the sevenfold Holy Spirit with his seven attributes, as mentioned in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. But we also know from Revelation 1 that the seven golden lampstands represent the seven churches, seven being the number of completion. Therefore, we can think of the golden lampstand in the tabernacle as representing 
the Holy Spirit in the people of God. We are the light of the world. Now, we are not the light source, but we reflect the light of Christ. Christ is the son of righteousness. That's S-U-N. And we are like the moon reflecting his glory. Question. When does a full moon fail to reflect the light of the sun? Answer. Only during a lunar eclipse, when the world gets in the way. And likewise, when we let the world come between us and our vision of Christ, then we fail to reflect his light to the world. Our witness is dimmed. One last thing. The lampstand was beaten into shape. Now, I'll just let you know, and you probably know it already if you've been a Christian for any length of time. Being a Christian is not easy. You will suffer affliction. We are hammered into shape by the hard knocks of life, circumstances, Satan, and sinful people. But it is all necessary if our light is going to shine brightly. The last piece of furniture that they made for inside the sanctuary was the altar of incense. Like the Ark of the Covenant and the table for showbread, this was made from acacia wood and overlaid with gold. It was one foot six inches long, one foot six inches wide, and three feet high. It had a horn on each corner. It also had rings and poles for transport. On this, the priest would burn sweet incense every morning and evening. As you walked into the tabernacle, it was directly in front of you before the veil that separated the holy place where you would be standing from the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was. In the book of Revelation 8.3, we read, Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints, ascended before God from the angel's hand. This is the golden altar in heaven, of which the one in the tabernacle was only a copy. We see that the smoke of the incense arose along with the prayers of the saints before the throne of God. Therefore, the incense, burning on the golden altar twice daily, represented the prayers of God's people ascending before God. The Bible says that God delights in the prayers of the upright. They are a sweet fragrance to him. He doesn't forget any of them. As their fragrance rises before him, he answers them according to his will and timing. I think this is probably the hardest part for us. We tend to judge the effectiveness of our prayers by whether we see any results right away. Sometimes God answers our prayers before we even finish speaking them as when Abraham's chief servant was praying that God would show him which woman he had chosen to be Isaac's wife. And before he finished praying, Rebekah came out and offered to water his camels, answering his prayer. Other times, God takes many, many years, as when Zacharias, who was now an old man, ministered as a priest in the temple, and the angel Gabriel appeared to him, saying, Your prayer is answered. Elizabeth will bear you a son." But that was a very old prayer. We don't determine how or when God will answer our prayers. We only determine whether we will be faithful to pray them and to pray them according to the will of God. 
but remember the confidence we have in prayer according to 1 John 5.14. Now, this is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. The prayer of faith takes hold of the Word of God and prays according to the will of God. We may not know how or when God will answer, but we know that He hears us and will answer us according to His will. Through the waiting time, our prayers are a fragrant incense before Him, and that fragrance never dissipates. We also see that they made the holy anointing oil and the pure incense of sweet spices, according to the work of the perfumer. This holy anointing oil represented the Holy Spirit. In Christ, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. The Lord has poured out His Spirit on us. We don't need anyone to teach us because His anointing teaches us. I am so thankful for the Holy Spirit who is always with us and who guides us into all truth. We don't know how to pray as we ought, but He helps us to pray. He intercedes for us with groans that cannot be uttered. He brings forth the sweet incense of prayer in the Spirit that comes before the throne of God. Now, tomorrow, we will move outside the sanctuary into the outer court of the tabernacle. We will look at a way to pray that perhaps you haven't thought of before. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit will show us how to worship God in spirit and in truth, for these are the worshipers that God seeks. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. Also, to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. We'd really love to hear from you. You can also text WELCOME to 208-314-3377. That's 208-314-3377. Tomorrow we'll see how the gifted artisans move to the things outside the tabernacle in making the bronze altar, laver, and outer court. We hope you'll join us as we continue our study of Exodus on Simply the Bible. 